Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life for Wired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Sunday, December 3rd. We're really excited to dive into today's episode, and I'm especially excited because I've been really working through my precision nutrition certification, and this has really opened up um, kind of my perspective just to the science behind nutrition and really the science behind energy balance, metabolism. These are a lot of things Chris and I already knew. I know Christine has gone through precision nutrition herself. She's a PN coach, um, certified coach. Um, soon enough, I will be too, 50% through, so I'm really excited to get that cert, but it, this really inspired today's episode because you know we talk a lot about metabolic health with our clients, and we you know coach them to better metabolic health in general, and so we really want to give all of our listeners, all the LifeWired listeners, the tools necessary um, really to crush it when it comes to your metabolism and, and metabolic health in general, and things that you know we need to consider and avoid, especially these factors in today's episode that can negatively impact our metabolic health, but before we begin... This episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients. 20 grams of protein still blows my mind. You know, we, we look at protein bars a lot in the stores and there's literally like no protein bars with 20 grams of protein. So this is very, like very substantial guys. Um, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the so-called, you know, healthy protein bars that we find on the market are in fact heavily processed with fillers and unnatural ingredients. And we know that if we consume too much of this processed food too often, it can eventually lead to long-term health issues. And I think what an appropriate episode to talk about processed food versus non-processed food. This is something we're going to talk about within this episode. And just a little tidbit early for you guys, the more processed food we consume, the less calories we are burning consuming that food. But the more whole foods we eat, the less processed food we eat, the more calories we burn. You know, it's pretty crazy how our body actually exerts a higher level of energy just breaking down whole foods. So if you want to burn more calories, eat more whole foods. Um, and eating these Nash bars are going to help you guys do just that. So this is why we love the Nash bars. We never even have to think twice about the ingredients. And they truly are the good for you protein bar. So make sure you guys set your reminders for this upcoming week. December 7th is going to be the next release at 6 p.m. Set those reminders, you know, five to 10 minutes in advance so you can hop on, get yourself a box of bars right when that 6 p.m. time strikes because they go quick. So on to today's episode. This is episode 113, six factors that negatively impact metabolic health. And to better understand this concept of just energy balance and metabolism, you know, these are things, topics that are thrown around so much online. And I think it's just important to first talk about the background on energy expenditure, you know, caloric expenditure. I feel like a lot of times we like to think of energy burn or calorie burn as only the calories we expend during our time in the gym or while we're exercising. And as Chris and I have studied this topic over the years, you know, you really do start to open your perspective to how much actually does contribute to total calorie burn, especially a lot of like basic physiological processes like digestion, um, cognitive um, performance, you know, how we literally think throughout the day. Like it's unbelievable how these little things stack up and really contribute to our total calorie burn. And so the goal here is to really control for as many of those processes as we can in order to put ourselves in the best possible position to be able to consume more. And that's relative, you know, to us individually. I'm not talking about overconsumption to move more and ultimately create a cohesive relationship between those two things, which then leads to optimal metabolic health. Now, we want to dive into these six factors that can negatively impact metabolism, leading to a decrease in the body's ability to efficiently burn calories and maintain overall positive metabolic health. And the first one is hormone disruption. 
And when I'll get into how hormone disruption has personally decreased my metabolic rate. And I do want to talk about like the verbiage of like your metabolism is broken because that's just not the case. There's factors that downregulate your metabolism and factors that upregulate your metabolism. This whole episode is going to be on the factors that negatively impact. And next week, we're going to do an episode on things that positively impact your metabolism, how to upregulate your metabolism. And hormone disruption is something that negatively or downregulated my metabolism personally. And just to give an example, when fat mass is high, it disrupts your leptin hormone, which is your satiety hormone. And this signals when you should stop eating. So the more body fat we have on our frame, the less likely we are to stop eating when we are full, meaning we're going to be eating in a calorie surplus naturally because our body's not signaling for us to stop. So this can cause leptin resistance, which means the brain doesn't receive a strong enough signal to stop eating or to speed up your metabolism, which then disrupts the entire process of like a thriving metabolism, energy balance, energy maintenance. And personally, the things that I didn't realize were downregulating my metabolism were after a high stress season of life, it led to adrenal fatigue. And when our adrenals are not functioning properly, it can lead to a slower metabolic rate. And also lower testosterone can also lead to a slower metabolic rate as well because your body's not able to build the lean muscle mass. Like I was working so hard in the gym. I was eating so much protein and my functional doctor was like, you're doing all the right things, but your body's working against you. So just imagine if you're doing these right things and your body's working with you in terms of building lean muscle mass, your metabolic rate is going to be so much higher. And I'm in month three of my four month protocol. And I've noticed my hunger is so much higher in the gym. I feel so much stronger. I feel like I have more energy and I just feel like my body is like ripping through calories. And obviously this stuff takes time. You can't heal your hormones in, you know, a blink of an eye, but I'm not doing hormone therapy. The supplements I'm taking are bioidenticals, which means they're very similar to what my body would be producing. And that's how my body's able to work with me in the process of building lean muscle mass, increasing my metabolic rate versus previously. I'm like, I'm doing all the right things. Why am I not like seeing fat loss, seeing weight loss. And it's because my metabolism was downregulated and all my systems internally were working against me, which is something that I feel like is now becoming more popular to talk about, which I love because I think it's something that holds people back without them even realizing it. And once your body's working with you and you're doing the right things, just imagine your potential. Yeah. And I think it's really important to touch on like how testosterone plays a role in your female health and your female hormonal health, because I think a lot of times testosterone is obviously directly tied to males um, and how that can negatively or positively impact their performance, um, everything that, that it kind of just relates to from a health standpoint for men. But I feel like a lot of times like it's, that's a topic that doesn't really is not in the same topic of conversation with women, for example. So I think like talking through that experience would also be important. Yeah, I think that testosterone for women, it's probably a very um, odd topic to see. Like if I were to say like, five reasons I'm taking testosterone, you know, it would seem very odd, I think, to the outside eyes. It's like, why do women need testosterone? And it's very important just to create an overall balance with your hormones. For example, I have estrogen dominance, which causes weight loss resistance and a lot of like other female problems. I guess you could say I won't get into all of the problems. My girls know who are listening. Well, and how are you supplementing with, because it's not obviously, you know, testosterone therapy replacement. Like, like what, how does it, what kind of supplementation are you taking for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually a dropper under my tongue. And it's like I said, a supplement, not hormone therapy. And it's not a medication. It is a supplement. And it goes under my tongue. I take it every single night. And the reason why is because I have estrogen dominance, which is because of low progesterone. And that balance of progesterone and estrogen is very important for your body's like internal functions, for your hormonal health, for your menstrual cycle, for the symptoms you experience from your menstrual, menstrual cycle. But also, as I mentioned, that weight loss resistance that's happening from estrogen dominance is also impacted by my testosterone levels, which were super low. And the doctor was like, hey, you're below the normal range. If you're in a normal range, you'll notice that there's just a, it's just a fine-tuned balance that your body has to be in. And because I was low in testosterone, 
my metabolic health was lower than what's expected. So let's say I go into a program and for us, we're able to say like to our clients, here's your perceived maintenance based on so many multiple, like a big slew of factors, like your dieting history, your overall lean muscle mass, your energy expenditure, all these different factors. But if I were to go into a program and a coach said, hey, your metabolic health, like you're at 2,200 calories, for example. But for me, it was downregulated. So like 1,900 to 2,000 was the max I could eat before my body would start adding weight and adipose tissue, which didn't make sense because I should be able to burn more with how much I was moving, how active I was, the lean muscle mass I do have, but my body was just not producing enough testosterone for that whole process to work as it should. And I think that there's a huge difference between what's optimal and what is normal. And just to list off a couple of benefits of testosterone for women, it helps to increase your energy, your mood. It helps to improve your bone health, your lean muscle mass, and your fat distribution. So I've noticed with my body weight, like staying relatively the same, I do, I do progress pictures every day or every other day for 75 soft. And the reason why I wanted to do it at the same time as my hormone healing journey was to see how my body composition has been changing because the scale has been like hovering around the same weight, which is the goal. I'm not in a calorie deficit, but my body composition is looking different. Like my abs are popping more. My lean muscle mass is just showing through a little bit differently without changing anything else. Like my training has been relatively the same. My nutrition, I've been increasing calories. So if anything, I should see less (laughs) abdominal definition, but because the testosterone is now helping my body produce more lean muscle mass or show that lean muscle mass I'm working so hard for in the gym, it's helping to change my body composition and body fat distribution. Yeah. And I, I think it is so important to just consider these hormonal disruptors and especially, you know, kind of going back to like what Christina said in the beginning about how, you know, when fat mass is higher, it kind of disrupts that whole process of our brain being able to identify when we are full, our metabolism, um, that it being able to identify when to increase. And so I know I even experienced this, you know, throughout my life where, you know, I feel like when I was playing football, I was very much so like consuming calories in abundance. I had a higher level of body fat, um, especially during specific seasons of the year. And I feel like post football, you know, a lot of my just um, kind of awareness around hunger cues, fullness cues, um, the leptin, the ghrelin was was very much so disrupted. And I really had to work at um, getting my metabolism really almost improved and getting a better awareness around, you know, when am I actually full? When am I actually hungry? And I think that takes a lot of practice. And that's something that we help our clients with, because I feel like a lot of times most of us can get into that, you know, kind of kind of like mindless consumption and mindless eating habit. Um, and that can disrupt these things we're talking about. And so the second topic we wanted to talk about, or the second factor is extreme dieting or extreme calorie deficits. I think this is something really important because I feel like most people, you know, kind of their first, um, like effort to lose weight or to lose body fat is to go into like extreme caloric restriction. And we talk about this a lot with our clients, but it's kind of a fine line, you know, dieting a little bit or or restricting calories a little bit is fine, is healthy. Um, You know, I think something important to consider is any number of calories below maintenance is technically a calorie deficit. I know a lot of times like that magic number of like minus 500 or plus 500 for a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus is what's thrown around a lot, but we can't, um, you know, discredit the fact that, you know, even a hundred calories, 200 calories, um, is technically a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus relative to your maintenance calories. And so, you know, whenever we are trying to lose, you know, body weight or body fat, we want to be in a slight calorie deficit. And when energy intake goes down too far for too long, it will actually downshift that metabolism to adjust kind of like what Christina was talking about in the, in the former topic. And research suggests that the largest decreases 
in our basal metabolic rate occur when diets reach, you know, 1,000 or 1,200 calories per day. Which most women think is a normal calorie deficit, according to my fitness pal, my old self included. Yeah, and so metabolism drops during extreme dieting, which is important to consider um, because our metabolism makes up 60 to 70% of our total calorie output in a given day. So when we think about this, when we are extremely dieting or extremely restricting calories, it's actually going to downregulate how many calories we burn at rest. And we know that that literally makes up the largest portion of calories in a given day. So we really don't want to harm that number. And so crash diets, extreme calorie restriction, and prolonged fasting can all signal the body um, to basically conserve energy and slow down the metabolism. And additionally, a lack of essential nutrients can also negatively impact metabolic function. And so when we think about like you know, metabolic adaptation, caloric intake, activity levels. I really like to think of almost like this furnace analogy where when we have consistent energy intake, not overconsumption or not binge eating, but just consistent energy intake, consistent activity expenditure, that equally starts to almost churn and burn like a furnace. You know, when we're moving consistently throughout the day, you know, getting our steps, doing our workouts, um, like Chris and I walking on our walking pad, taking the dogs for a walk, you know, eating a little bit, you know, throughout the day. Um, you know, I've always been kind of a big fan of eating bigger meals, but something that I've really been playing around with that I've personally myself individually have noticed helping my metabolism and just my metabolic health is really kind of spacing out, you know, smaller eating windows kind of throughout the morning where, you know, I'll have like, for example, a Nash bar, um, you know, first thing in the morning when I'm taking my vitamins and minerals and supplements, and then I'll just wait a little bit, you know, I'll hydrate um, before I have like, you know, my next meal, which typically tends to be like another Nash bar or a protein shake. Um, so I'm kind of spacing out like my two Nash bars, my protein shake kind of slowly throughout the morning and kind of just ramping up um, that energy intake in relation to like lower amounts of non-exercise activity thermogenesis, like through the form of steps and just basic movement. And then I'll eat, you know, a bigger meal, post-workout, bigger meal at dinner. So that's kind of how I've found a really good rhythm to help me personally. Um, so I do think it is important to consider like just how consistently we're eating throughout the day and how consistently we're moving throughout the day. And if we can get those two things working together, like we said earlier, that really will help us improve just our overall metabolism and metabolic health. Exactly. And I know for a lot of women that extreme calorie deficit is the norm. Like I said, old me, my fitness pal was like, you need 1200 calories to be at your goal weight. But if you do that for so long, it will bring like that upper range of your metabolism down. And the best way that like back when I was competing and studying exercise science, I was watching all these YouTubers when I was on the treadmill. And the best way that like it finally clicked for me was when another coach explained it. Like when people say your metabolism is broken, we think of like a rubber band snapping in half. But she was like, in reality, the tip of the rubber band is your like your TDEE. The bottom end of the rubber band is your like calorie deficit. So the further down you pull down the bottom of a rubber band, the top of the rubber band has to slowly start to come down as well. So it doesn't snap. So you're pulling that upper range down as you're pulling your calorie deficit down. So over time, your body's burning less calories, which means you're not really in as much of a calorie deficit as you think, which then becomes frustrating because none of us can maintain a thousand calories seven days a week. So most likely on the weekends, guess what like happens? Like you're making up for that. Yeah. You're making up for it. So then you're not really in a calorie deficit at all. And those extra calories you consume on the weekend, your body's like, oh my gosh, we have not had this many calories in so long. Let's hold on to every calorie as body fat because it thinks it has to conserve it for energy. And that's a vicious cycle. And that's that's really what we coach our clients out of. Like I would even argue, and, and you can attest to this as well, Chris, but I would say 
most of the men that come into my program are in that vicious cycle of like literally eating very, very little throughout the week, you know, sitting at the desk most of the day, not do, getting a whole lot of non-exercise activity throughout the day. So then intake really slows. So then the, the total amount of caloric intake is like drastically low throughout the week, give or take some days where we're working out, some days when we're training. And then yes, we get to the weekend, you know, we're more social, we have more freedom, you know, typically like, you know, alcohol is involved, we're going out to restaurants and then energy intake, like you're saying, drastically spikes. So your body is like basically adapted most of the time to that lower amount of energy intake. Then we spike that energy intake with those binge eating windows or, you know, overconsumption over the weekend. And then that's when, you know, our body's more susceptible to hold on to that excess energy, excess caloric intake in the form of body fat. And the whole key is to break that cycle. And instead of, you know, drastic lower consumption throughout the week, drastic overconsumption over the weekend, we would rather just bring that total calorie intake up slightly more consistently where we're hitting a consistent amount of calories, consistent number of energy intake throughout the week, seven days out of seven days. Mike drop. But in reality, yes, that is the norm. And I think that it's just like the diet culture, fitness culture has like bred us all to believe in this system of like extreme calorie restriction for your entire life, 365. <laughs> and then also hit workouts, which then increases your stress. And then those weekends where we overconsume and we underestimate or I'm sorry, we underestimate our nutrition intake. We overestimate our output, meaning like our steps. So we live in this culture and world where like we sit most of the day, we overconsume, but we're thinking we're in a calorie deficit and moving a lot throughout our hit classes, which is then increasing our cortisol. So all these things are kind of working against us instead of working for us. So that's the whole point of this podcast is to kind of pull back the curtain and show you guys like, here's the mistakes that we made. And here's how you can, you know, finally create change and educate yourself. So that's the whole point of this podcast, obviously. But we understand like working in the fitness industry that that was previously the norm. So we're trying to like, you know, change the verbiage of what truly is going to help your metabolism thrive. Like I said, this week, it may sound like a little bit negative. Like here's the things that are down regulating your metabolism. But like I said, we're going to empower you guys in next week's episode to positively impact your metabolic rate. Number three, speaking of stress on your body, is stress. Um, stress really does impact your metabolic rate big time. It also impacts so many other areas of your internal health. Like I said, cortisol levels cause you, especially like women, this is what we see, like that lower abdominal body fat that we can't seem to get rid of. It's heavily, heavily impacted by your cortisol levels and stress. If we're so stressed out in a calorie deficit doing HIIT classes, both of those things can contribute to your stress. If we're not managing your stress as it is, like in client check-ins, if I see stress five out of five, like I'm not touching your calories. I'm not adding in more movement. I'm going to tell you to do less and manage your stress. Boom. We see a new low in the next week. Like your stress impacts your body more than you realize because it elevates those cortisol levels, which in turn leads to increased fat storage. And like we said earlier in the episode, when your fat mass is higher, your leptin signals are turned off, which then is going to lead to a slower metabolic rate and also adrenal fatigue. When your body's stressed so much and your adrenals are impacted, like I said, if your adrenal health impacts your metabolism, and with me being in stage three adrenal fatigue, my metabolic rate was lower. The more I stress out, the more I do hit, the more that I am in a calorie deficit, like the more my adrenals and my body is going to fight try back. and fight back. Yeah. So when your body's in that fight or flight mode, it's going to temporarily pause regular bodily functions. Like a thriving metabolism, fat loss, even your period. I see a lot of women when they're in a stress season of life that they're like, why is my period late? And it's because we're stressed. Like our body's like, hey, we're trying to survive. If we're in fight or flight mode all the time, it's going to view these things not as optional, but it's going to turn off signals that like 
it's able to like it's able to pause certain things so it's able to survive the day and those things like i said your body doesn't want to lose fat it wants to stay where it's at homeostasis is why our body sometimes resists protocols but also it's going to turn off your period which is a literal report card for us women on our internal health if you're missing your period if it's late that's a signal of a hormonal imbalance which as we mentioned is going to impact your metabolism negatively as well so if you are someone who's in a chronic season of stress like being in a calorie deficit not the best idea doing hit cardio, not the best idea. Like for me in my adrenal healing phase, I have to increase my calories, sit at maintenance. I have to decrease my hit cardio. And guess what? We're prepping for a wedding in four months. But guess what? My body's responding well because I'm doing what's not the norm. So when you listen to your body and you work with it, your stress levels will shift. Your fight or flight mode will shift to rest and digest, which is where your body's able to properly digest your food, regulate cortisol levels, and tap into that fat burning state But if we're constantly in fight or flight mode, I promise you, your weight loss efforts are going to feel impossible because of the negative impact that cortisol has on your metabolism. Yeah, chronic stress is no bueno when it comes to healthy metabolism and energy balance. And so the next one, number four, is lack of sleep. And I feel like this really kind of goes hand in hand with stress as well. So we know that sleep deprivation can disrupt hormonal balance in general, leading to increased levels of ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone. So it's going to signal us to be hungrier, to eat more, and decreased levels of leptin, which is our satiety hormone, which is going to tell us when we're full. So as you can see, a disruption of these two things can really negatively impact our metabolism and can contribute to weight gain because we're not going to have a realistic representation of when we're hungry and when we're full. Those are going to be out of whack, which is going to make us more susceptible to gaining weight or to you know an increase in body fat, for example. So sleep is one of those things that is so important. I think sleep and stress, you know, three and four are two very kind of under the radar pieces of biofeedback that are so important when it comes to someone looking to transform their metabolic health, but also just transforming their body and also to be able to just perform cognitively, physically, um, our internal function, our external function, like all of that stuff is, is very much so impacted by stress and sleep. And I think during this season of life, um, for Chris and I, you know, these are two areas we've become like very hyper aware of, you know, this is probably the most sleep we've ever been getting, um, you know, in these last couple of months, luckily, um, we're fortunate enough to be able to sleep in a little bit more these days versus, you know, the early days of, I know when I was, I was just talking to, you know, one of my online clients who was in town and we were talking through potentially him becoming a personal trainer. And I was going back to those days where I was waking up at 4am literally every single day. And it's just nice that we have the flexibility now to be able to sleep in until like five, 6am, um, especially that 6am slot, like, like being able to sleep until six is money. That gives us like, we've been sleeping literally. Like, I think our time in bed is literally like nine to 10 hours some nights. And then, you know, sleep is pushing eight almost every single night. And I mean, I know I feel the best. I notice a direct correlation from sleep as it relates to stress. I know that when I don't get like that seven to eight hours, my stress levels are through the roof. Like I find myself more irritable, more stressed. I cannot handle shit as well the next, excuse me, the next day when I do have a lack of sleep. But then when I do get quality sleep and I do get a good quantity of sleep, I find that I can handle stress way better. I can handle adversity when it hits. And if we just think about, once again, I know we always go back to this, but if we just think about the typical, just quote unquote, normal way of doing things, like most people are in a highly stressed state. Most people are sleep deprived. And this is literally going to make our lives so much more challenging, guys. And so we can't stress these two areas enough. We know this is hard, especially for, I mean, we really feel for our parents out there. I know Chris coaches parents um, or moms. I know I coach dads and it is 
I'm not, I'm not going to lie fucking hard to get good sleep and to regulate stress. I mean, we're not even going to talk like we understand what that's like because we have not been through that yet. We just know from the perspective of our clients who are going through these things, how difficult it really can be to get that sleep and to regulate stress. But this is where if you guys can just be even 1% more intentional with these two areas, it's going to make your lives so much easier. You're going to show up as a better version of yourself in your work. You're going to show up as a better person for your kids, for your family, just for those people that are really relying on you and who look up to you. Um, so these are two areas that we just can't stress enough, um, no pun intended, <laughs> with uh, you know focusing on these two areas of health in general, because they really can have a domino effect on all of these things that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. When you're when you have lack of sleep, guess what? Your stress is higher. And guess what? Your hormones are gonna take, you know, a hit because of that. And so this all goes hand in hand. And with us sleeping more in the season of life, we were just talking about this the other night. Like this is an area we really want to protect because number one, when I'm in my like adrenal healing phase, like I could not wake up in the morning and that was impacting like Yeah, how crazy our was day. that? I think that would be important to talk about. Yeah. So when I first did my hormone test, I'll be straight up with you, I did not think anything was wrong with me. Like I had horribly painful periods, all these things, but I had no idea what else was going on under the surface. Like when I took the test, I was taking it to practice what I preach, test, not guess. And then this whole slew of hormonal balances came back and I'm like, I'm doing everything right. And then so the doctor said, he was like, you're doing so much right that like these symptoms were kind of under the radar for the most part because you were doing everything else so optimally that the signals were kind of like not showing through except for the weight loss resistance, the, and I didn't realize how tired I was. Cause I was just like, Oh, this is normal. You know, like I'm an entrepreneur. We're like waking up early. I just thought like my energy levels were supposed to be chronically low. Like I was normalizing these things. And that's a huge piece of the puzzle is like to stop normalizing the shit that does not feel good. Like I was tired all the time. We'd set our alarm for five. I would sleep until six 30 and be like, Oh, did my alarm not go off? Like I just like kept snoozing it in my sleep. And obviously once again, as an entrepreneur, like our time is very valuable and my morning routine is very valuable and that would just throw off my whole day. So I was noticing that like my workouts were suffering, my sleep, I just like no sleep was enough. Like I would sleep for eight, nine hours and feel like it was six or five hours. Like my body was so tired in the second half of the day that I was drinking more caffeine, more caffeine led to worse adrenal health. And it was just a vicious cycle that I was normalizing. And that's where I realized like in this season of life, like I have to protect my peace with stress. Like I can't stress about silly things. And sometimes that can be like, I just like, I'm not stressed about like the minor things. And I'm like, I don't have the like ability to like give it any energy. Like I just have to protect what stresses me out. I have to protect our sleep. And once we've started doing that, I feel like every other area has improved because of that. So like we said, we obviously are understanding that we're very privileged to sleep that amount of sleep, <laughs> sleep that amount of time. But Obviously, we have a new pup was obviously not a new baby, but like that can throw off our routine here and there. Like there are certain things that can throw off sleep like the weekends. It's not perfect all the time, but we protect that area of our life because we know what a difference it's making in this season where we're planning a wedding, we're running businesses, it's the holiday season. And we know there's going to be some weekends where we're up later, but we feel like weekends like Thanksgiving, for example, where we stay up even just a little bit later. The next day, we're just kind of dragging. We're hungrier. We are more irritable. And if that's one thing we can control, we're going to do it. Like even though we want to stay up and watch, like we were just watching Hunger Games, we just want to stay up and like watch <laughs> things and like have more time back. But in reality, it's just going to like hurt future us like the next day so we know how to like turn it off at night get some good sleep and obviously cbd helps with that the supplements we take help with that but we really do protect that that sleep that's for sure another thing we really protect is how much processed food we eat and how much whole foods we eat we did a whole episode on this last week on the importance of like the 80 20 lifestyle and 
not not even from a perspective of just like a calorie deficit, but even if you're eating maintenance calories, like what you're making up those calories with does matter for your metabolism. Our body actually burns more calories digesting whole foods, like non-processed foods, protein sources, and the opposite effect happens with processed foods. It doesn't require a lot of energy for our body to break down processed food. So the more protein we're eating, the higher thermic effect of food we're going to have. So when you calculate your total daily energy expenditure, these maintenance calories we keep talking about, your TDEE. This includes like your basal metabolic rate, what your body burns at rest. It includes your steps, like your NEAT, your exercise activity. But another factor in there is your thermic effect of food. So actually by eating more gold foods, eating more protein, your body's generating more calories. So just by eating the same amount of calories, but filling it with more gold foods, you're going to see a shift in your body composition because your body is generating more of a caloric expenditure. And from listening to us over these years, guys, you know that we've pretty much debunked like the if it fits your macros mentality. Um, you know, I, I'm well aware that this can work for some people. I mean, there are some people who have phenomenal genetics where, you know, if they eat the processed oils, the processed gums, things like that, it has no impact on their, you know, inflammation or how they look, move and feel. But, you know, something that I even noticed, which is just crazy from an inflammation standpoint. And again, this is me talking individually. So this might work for some people. This might not work for others. Um, but literally just switching the protein source in our dinners had a profound impact on my inflammation in my body, my inflammation in my face. It is insane how much different I look just switching the protein source. And we were still eating a lean protein source, but it technically just a, like a little bit more processed um, with the ground beef, um, 93.7. That's what we were eating most of the time for dinners. And I was noticing a negative impact on inflammation. And we switched back to salmon for dinner and I'm virtually eating the same amount of calories, literally. And I look significantly different because of how I just changed that one little swap with protein. I've seen clients, you know, especially my client I was just talking about who was in town. He has seen massive changes in inflammation and acne, um, in digestive health, all from switching the what behind what he's eating. Um, so again, we know we're well aware that, you know, the whole, if it fits your macros, you know, as long as we hit a certain amount of energy intake, like, you know, we'll still lose weight or we'll still, you know, improve body composition. And that does work for some people, but coaching the people we have coached and seeing it firsthand, I would say majority of people are going to notice a massive difference in eating whole food versus processed food. And I think it's it's good enough of an argument to see that we burn more calories eating healthier. Why would we not do it? You know what I mean? And the last one, number six, is lack of lean muscle mass and regular movement. And so when we think of muscle mass, the more muscle mass that we do have on our bodies, the higher our basal metabolic rate will be and the more calories we will burn at rest. You know, we, we gave the tidbit about, you know, 60 to 70% of our total calorie burn comes from that BMR. So it's vitally important you know, that we are fueling that BMR with a high level of muscle tissue and muscle mass relative to our body composition. That doesn't mean like if you're a woman, you know, to get Arnold Schwarzenegger jacked, it just means to maximize your muscle building potential for you and your size. Um, and I think that it's just really important to talk about how, you know, we do lose muscle mass over time. You know, I was just reading a statistic inside precision nutrition about basically after the age of 25, anywhere from two to 5% uh, muscle loss per decade is going to occur over time. And so we're actually doing a whole episode on this in the future, but this is where like our twenties and thirties guys is like, we have to get that compound interest of our muscle potential. And what I mean by that is like, we need to treat building muscle in our twenties and thirties, like building our 401k, like we're doing financially, because we know that that muscle loss is going to occur later in life. So we need to make the absolute most of our health 
and especially you know a build the opportunity to build muscle tissue in these younger years so we can have that muscle tissue to sustain long term you know in our 30s our 40s our 50s our 60s and you know the kind of the second part to this is living more of a sedentary lifestyle we know that if we're not moving our bodies that metabolism is going to drop we are not going to burn as much calories we're not going to burn nutrients or or we're not going to transfer nutrients as efficiently um for example if we were moving consistently throughout the day that's why chris and i like we harp so much on these walking pads like i think i've I've said this almost probably on like the last like two or three episodes like i always see the people working in the office building directly um adjacent to our apartment building and all these people are sitting all day long and i just like i think about this from like a like a health coach and a training standpoint it's like if we could just move our bodies more throughout the day we would be so much healthier and i think this this is really why so many people you know put on a lot of excess weight excess body fat over time because once again they become more sedentary as we get older working our desk jobs office jobs and then our activity we don't have time so then activity slows workouts start to slow so it's just a formula for not a good metabolism. And so we really have to be intentional with our habits, guys. We have to be intentional. Even if you're not doing the most complex or quote unquote optimal training program, how can we literally just move consistently throughout the day and eat consistent, healthy nutrients throughout the day? Not overconsumption, not drastic restriction of calories. Notice throughout this whole entire episode, we never even talked much about, you know, restricting calories or calorie deficit. You know, we talked about, um, you know, getting into a dangerously low amount of um, a caloric deficit, but most of this is talking about positive energy balance, giving your body enough nutrients to have healthy hormones, healthy metabolism, and overall improved health. Exactly. And as we went through this episode, something just, that just kept coming back to me was that less is not more. Throughout this entire episode, we're talking about that your body needs more sleep. It needs more food. It needs more of the right foods, more stress management, more lean muscle mass and more movement and all of these things. Like a lot of people think, especially in the new year, like in order to see progress, see fat loss, see weight loss, we have to do the absolute most and just do less, eat less of what we want and like go out less and drink less. And obviously those things can help, of course. But if you do these activities that create a positive relationship with fitness, like you're viewing it as like, I can eat more, just more of the right things. I can move more. I don't have to do hit. I can just go on a walk or building lean muscle mass, even though the scale may trend up, guess what? You're burning more calories at rest. Your body composition is going to look different. So it's not always like a less is more kind of game when it comes to health and fitness. We want to teach you guys how to get optimal health for the rest of your lives. And that's why, like we said, next week, we're going to talk about the things that positively impact your metabolic health in order to create a thriving metabolism as we age. So appreciate you guys so much for listening to this episode. We, th- we hope it was very educational for you guys, very helpful. If you guys could share this on your story and help someone else in their health and fitness journey, bring them into the Life Rewired family. It would mean the absolute world to us. Also, when you guys leave reviews, when you guys tag us in your stories, it also means the absolute world to us. So please keep that comment. And all of the links are in the show notes down below for Nash, for coaching, for our newsletters with more free content. And we will see you guys next week. Peace out, guys.